our mission here at the college is focused on the ethical pursuit of truth to uphold democracy. So focusing on our ethics is a big part of that and make sure that we're engaging other universities and maintaining those ethics as well. I forgot about all that. I am back on campus. (laughs) Indeed. I haven't heard that word in years. (laughs) Ethics. Well, it is a big part of what we focus on here in the college. I'm back at a special place to me though I've never actually been in this building. I'm a graduate of the College of Journalism and Mass Communication. We were at Avery Hall. This is now Anderson Hall. And I'm thrilled to be joined on today's Omapod episode by Dean Sherry Vale, Dr. Vale. It's an honor to have you here. We we met in Omaha and, and kind of hit it off and you agreed to do this and I really appreciate it. And so, you know, we want to cover how a lot of what's going on down here relates to Omaha. But I thought maybe it'd be cool just to hear some of your own backstory because you're actually not from here in Nebraska and you had no association with the school prior to becoming the dean. How did you become the dean here? Sure. Well, thank you, Tony, for having me today. Uh, I'm actually originally from North Dakota, so not too terribly far away. Grew up in North Dakota, worked in advertising and public relations uh, coming out of the University of Mary. And then went on uh, to get my MBA and then my PhD from North Dakota State, my research areas in risk and crisis communication. And when I left North Dakota State, I first went to the University of Oklahoma. So big big rivalry here. Yeah, we don't, we'll forget about that part. We still like you though. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, While I was at Oklahoma, I worked with the the Center for Risk and Crisis Management. So mostly, mostly working with emergency management preparing for national uh, for uh, major disasters in the area, so working with the National Weather Center. From there, I was recruited to the University of Kentucky, where I became the director of the Risk Sciences Division there. I worked with FDA, the CDC, Bluegrass Army Depot, eventually got pulled into more student crises, okay. uh, department chair, associate dean, then eventually got tired of trying to fix things without the budgetary oversight to actually fix things. Sure. And went for a dean position, and Nebraska is the only place I applied. It was felt like coming home, uh, getting back a little bit more to the Midwest and the right size college for what I was looking for, and really the focus on hands-on experiential learning that I really wanted to see for students. What sparked your interest in going back to Oklahoma? What was it about the crisis field that really moved you? Yeah, I guess I've always really been interested in how do you communicate in crisis, even when I was working in the field, uh, working for the bank, I would handle the the apology letters for yeah. the bank. I would handle just more of the one-on-one communication when you were dealing with issues. And then uh, kind of some more foundational uh, events that happened while I was growing up, looking at the, uh, the Murrah uh, bombing oh, in wow. Oklahoma City. And interesting enough, so I thought about that. I remember writing a report on that when I was, I think I was junior or senior in high school. And then ultimately I end up at the University of Oklahoma and taking my students to the uh, Murrah bombing memorial. So it's really the Oklahoma City bombing memorial has been a really interesting uh, location to be able to take students there. And I've actually done research in that area looking at how do you memorialize crisis. So it's just always been a fascinating area with me and recognizing that communities can come together in crisis as well. That's right. And that's very interesting. Not something that maybe a lot of people think of when you think of the communications game, but arguably nothing more important than that. 
And obviously you enjoy academic pursuits and kind of, I guess, fitting into a larger system. And, and have you, you know, did you have any doubt that you'd want to pursue on the academic side or was that something you kind of went back and forth on? Uh, I honestly went into academics begrudgingly in some ways. I started teaching on the side after I got my MBA and just kind of fell in love with students. It was never a plan of mine to go into academia. It's just the more I was teaching, the more I was with students, I realized that I would leave the office just exhausted. And I was then the director of marketing services for a large real estate firm and mortgage company. But then I would leave the classroom and I would have all this energy and excitement. And I actually went to my mentor at North Dakota State and she said, you know, some careers are life-giving and some are life-taking. Wow. Which do you want? And I... Finished up my classes, took a $20,000 pay cut, and wow. made the leap to academia. That's great advice, really. Um, so crisis, I guess, is it something that you felt can really be studied and mastered, or is it something almost reverse where you experience the crisis and it's so overwhelming to some extent that you go back and you're, you kind of study it? How can I put that? Oh, you know, in uh, hindsight, yeah, sure. right. Is it is the learning more in hindsight from a crisis, or can you really be prepared for a crisis? Oh, I think it's absolutely cyclical. So you can plan and prepare. Uh, we focus on developing crisis communication plans. You can ha- go through and do the risk assessment. So you can plan and prepare and have that ready to go. You're actually going to be much more successful in a crisis if you have that plan. So it's really important to really lay the groundwork, go through the exercise process. In the middle of a major crisis is not when you should be meeting people for the first time. You should already know who your response partners are. And that's only going to happen if you do the risk assessment, if you do the planning and preparedness beforehand. And then when the crisis does hit, which invariably it will hit, it's just knowing knowing how bad it's going to be. But then you can rely on those partners based on those relationships you've already built. And what what was kind of your take on the media landscape, you know, when you started and as you see now, where where are things heading, do you think, in in the Mm -hmm. Omaha market specifically and, and statewide? You know, it's interesting. It depends on the area that you're looking at. I mean... Advertising and public relations is pretty well balanced. Uh, we have a number of agencies here. We have uh, more marketing agencies, I've noticed, in Omaha than kind of your uh, full service right. uh, agencies in that area. From news organization standpoint, really we're down to uh, just a handful of newspapers <laughs> where there right. are dailies across the state. So that's a little bit more challenging. Uh, from a television standpoint, it's interesting because you know, different stations are actually operating out of other areas. So you'll have a, a station that's here in Lincoln that's actually being operated for Grand Island. So it just depends on how that news organization is set up. Uh, but I don't know if there's necessarily surprises, just more of trying to better understand the environment here. And it's not just across Lincoln, Omaha. I mean, we've got Norfolk, we've got Grand Island, we've got radio stations all across the state. We have uh, weekly newspapers across the state, and it's making sure that we are open and available and making sure that we're building those partnerships for our students across the state of Nebraska. In Omaha, when this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks back, but uh, Fox 42 KPTM cut their local broadcast, which had been up for, I would say, 30 plus years probably. We almost have this uh, reverberation that's happening right now where we've lost so many news organizations across the state, newspapers in particular, that we don't have coverage in these more local areas. And 
it's fascinating because newsletters are springing up. Yes. I mean, newsletters within the community. And then they're building advertising onto it to help pay for it. And they're delivering it for free and building out the advertising like you would a church bulletin. And it's happening in all these different community areas. So essentially, we are recreating local newspaper all over again. It's back to the future. It's not crazy different than what Ben Franklin did. If you really go back and look at like the constitutional era pamphleteers, I mean, it had to start somewhere and it is kind of going back to that. And you really do have to sell it. I've certainly learned that. Um, You know, where do you see the future of the school and what changes are you most excited about? We're launching an esports program. Yes, so we Amon are on Green. <laughs> Indeed. Husker and Omaha legend, Omaha Central. <laughs> yeah, so bringing Amon back in, and we're doing uh, shoutcasting and streaming of those esports tournaments. So, really giving students the opportunity to engage now, to figure out, to play, if this is what they want to do, to play, to experiment, to fall in love with media, or find it's not for them yep. and get out. Our industries are too challenging, take up too much time for someone who's just eh, maybe interested a little bit in it. Right. You've really got to love it to be in, this, in these industries. And let's take the eSports sure. initiative. And this has got some press, too, because Amon Green is mm-hmm. involved. How does something like that, where's the idea come from? Could you take us through the process of there wasn't this program, it's an emerging thing? Some might say that's not appropriate for college. You have the ability to say, no, we're doing this. And how does that happen? Sure. So really, it came out of our faculty. So we have a major in sports media and communication, uh, 330 majors in that uh, area right now. And that was launched just in 2017. So think of how quickly that's grown to build out that program. And granted, Nebraska, we are known for sports. Husker Athletics is a very prominent brand. However, those 330 students are not going to all be on SportsCenter. Right. Right. We're looking for opportunities for them across the field. And esports right now is a $1 billion industry projected yep. to be a $4 billion industry by 2030. It's a lot of opportunity. That's a whole different area of growth. And primary growth is looking at digital advertising and in media rights contracts. So opportunities for students to do shoutcasting, which is the same as play-by-play color commentary that you would have on any sports program, except it's on esports. There's all those opportunities for the advertising side of it, for the video promotion side of it, all of the graphics that go into it. So it really builds in all of our different majors within this one field. And just like you have all those jobs that you need for a football team, you need for a professional esports team. Yep. So now this is an opportunity for us to build up a collegiate esports team. We have a club. This would be moving it into varsity level play and creating those opportunities for students to be able to build up their background in esports so that when it does quadruple in size over the next couple right. of years, they are primed and ready to go. They have that educational background. So we actually just approved on Friday here within the college an undergraduate certificate in esports communication. So this is an opportunity now for students to come in to be able to learn more about esports. We're teaching classes in intro to esports. We're teaching classes in understanding the technology, understanding the industry. We teach classes in esports and society, and we've actually been teaching those classes for several years. So now it's just putting it all together into a package that helps students to be able to come in and really focus on that area in the industry. And how does an Amon Green get involved in, in the mix? Sure. So I was last summer trying to find as many people as I could who I could talk to about what was happening in the industry. Again, my faculty came in and saying, hey, this is where things are going to go. But 
I didn't know the difference between Twitch and Discord. I yeah. <laughs> needed to learn more. So I spent last summer doing interviews, talking to people uh, from all different areas like evil geniuses, so a varsity or a, a professional team, uh, the pioneers down in Kansas City, talking to folks at Bragg House Media, so all these different areas. And I was uh, referred to Amon as, hey, he's a former Husker. Uh, he's now an esports coach at Lakeland University in Wisconsin. You should have a conversation with him. So talked to Amon, talked about how he built his program, the curriculum he was building because he was teaching an intro to esports class there. He had already built an arena. So it was just a, a conversation with someone from Nebraska who is doing esports now. And then that continued on as we moved toward the end of the summer. Then that's when we realized, all right, this is an opportunity. This is something we could really do big here at Nebraska. And then it's finding someone who could come in and really raise the visibility of esports. And Amon was the perfect choice for that. So he is here now. He's working with our club team. He's starting to recruit for the varsity team. We worked with athletics in order to bring him in. He's teaching intro to esports this semester. So... Uh, it's really been a great opportunity to engage. Yeah, thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, Tony.